This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create change in the world every day. Keep listening for actionable tips and tricks to incorporate eco-friendly practices into your daily life. We've been featured by Apple as the number one podcast for conscious consumers, and we can't wait to welcome you into our community of changemakers. I'm your co-host, Laura Alexander-Wittig, co-founder of Brightly.eco, the new platform for conscious consumers. We believe in supporting all creatures, great and small, and our team of experts shows you how to consume and shop responsibly by recommending world-changing products, brands, and more. To read show notes from Good Together and to browse all of the world-changing goodness that we feature, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. Also, to help us spread the word about the podcast, tap on this episode and share Good Together with your friends and family. A simple text message helps us grow and create change around the world. Did you know that we spend over a third of our lives asleep? which is equivalent to watching Lisa and I's favorite show, The Office, over 3,000 times from start to finish. Our bedroom should be sanctuaries, places to rest and wake feeling restored. Unfortunately, experts say our rooms are often packed with worrying chemicals. And what's more, during sleep, our systems are switched to healing and repair rather than in defense mode, meaning our bodies are at their most vulnerable. Lisa and I sat down with Mark Abriel's CMO of Avocado Mattress to discuss why investing in sustainable home pieces matters. We chat about everything mattress related, as in how often should you change out your mattress and what happens to all of those mattress returns, advancement in organic material certifications, and more. We promise this episode will leave you wide awake with the knowledge we uncover about the time you spend under the covers. All right, Mark, welcome to Good Together. We're so excited to have you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, excited to talk about uh, all things mattresses. And I love the name, Avocado Mattress. It's, it's, a, good, it's a good marketing name. I, I love it. <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, so, uh, you know, we in, in the past um, few episodes, we've been having a few different founders of ethical and sustainable companies onto Good Together to share their perspectives as to why they started their companies and really how they believe their companies are helping us reduce our overall impact on the climate and the environment. Um, So Mark, I wondered if you could just introduce yourself and give a little bit of information about Avocado. Sure. Uh, Well, uh, my name is Mark Abriel. I'm one of the co-founders of Avocado um, and I'm also the CMO, the Chief Marketing Officer. Um, And uh, Avocado, we started, uh, I think it's about four years ago, basically. Um, And we started it basically out of the idea that um, there were lots of uh, mattresses out there, not as many as there certainly are now, as it seems in the direct consumer space. But there were a lot, but there were very, very few options when it came to something that was, uh, you know, natural or organic or sustainable or some of the other, all the different allied you know, angles around, around that, um, that were accessible. Um, and so, um, it gave us the opportunity 
to um, or inspired us to go out and, and actually see what we could create. And so a group of us leveraged our skills and technology and marketing and all sorts of other things. And we built the brand. And so, you know, a number of years later, um, we're significantly larger than we were before. And we're able to do so many more things than we uh, at the time would have ever thought possible. So before we jump into uh, all things avocado, we definitely want to hear about the specifics and what's so special about um, avocado mattress and how you are building, you know, a different, more ethical brand. Um, I want to talk more about uh, starting, like, what kind of things uh, an average American consumer, an average consumer anywhere in the world, what we should be thinking about um, when buying a mattress. Uh, obviously, uh, we want to invest. It's definitely a big ticket item. Uh, so we have to think carefully about that, right? So what do I do? Do I read a ton of online reviews, go to a showroom, listen to my friends? So what are the key questions to ask yourself? Uh, another question I had, should, uh, should I consider buying a used mattress? Uh, and how often people should expect to buy a mattress in their lifetime? Wow, you've got a whole lot there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's what I was going to say, Lisa. That's a lot. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, to, to basically, um, when, you, when you look at a different mattress, um, I mean, obviously, you should be picking one that's, that's comfortable for you. Mm -hmm. And buying a mattress is a lot like buying any other sort of product in that there's a lot of subjectivity that goes to it. So that, that goes with it. But generally speaking, um, when you're looking for a mattress, a slightly firmer mattress tends to be better for you than a softer mattress. Just a lot of what you're looking for from a functional standpoint is keeping your back properly aligned, making sure that you have support and other things like that. So those are sort of obvious things to mm -hmm. look for. Um, but, uh, you know, actually it's, it's interesting is, you know, we obviously have a very comfortable product. Uh, or we wouldn't be able to sell any products and Absolutely. nobody would buy our mattress, but it's really not what we focus on. We focus more on, on the materials, on the uh, environmental story that goes with it, the social responsibility story that goes with it. We look at things more like um, the durability of our product mm -hmm. um, and all of the other factors that go into it because we see the sort of, basic comfort and design and some of those other things is kind of like a given almost. Yeah. I mean, what can you do with a mattress? Like what new design can you do with a mattress? Right. You know, you can make it black or gray or put a little bell here or tough there, but you know, <laughs> in, in many ways, you know, it's, everybody is sort of focused on that's the traditional way that the space would be is, is managed, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, rather than sort of, going that route, we've gone a different route and focused on, on, on really the materials, on making it ourselves, the vertical integration and everything that goes with it. So it's kind of a different way of thinking about a product. So, yeah, I have a follow-up question to my 5,000 other questions. Uh, so, so what consumers, which terms then we should be looking for in terms of textiles and technology? Something that will, uh, and maybe you can start talking about avocado, well, but in general too. Yeah, generally speaking, well, you know, um, there's some things that you want to look for. Um, and of course, we're biased in that we think you should be looking for organic and we think you should be looking for sustainable and healthy options. So mm -hmm. I'm gonna tell you those things to look for 
um, which would be things like the uh, GOTS, uh, which would be the Global Organic Textile Standard. Yeah. You know, the cover, it really should be 100% cotton. There's really no reason to have any other polyester or other things in there. Um, and then um, you should also be looking at what other um, sort of filler stuffing materials have in there. For example, we use wool. Our wool is also a global organic textile standard, GOTS. Um, and, um, um, you know, because a lot of places use things like um, uh, uh, polyester fills and all sorts of other things. Um, you should also be looking at the flame retardants. It's a really, really significant piece that goes with it because, see, a mattress has to pass certain flame retardants, uh, flame retardancy standards set by law, okay, in the United States. And so that means there's really only two ways to do it. You use chemical sprays or you use something called like a fire sock, which is mm -hmm. something that doesn't burn. And so that means anything from sprayed on chemicals to fiberglass to all sorts of different things, which can release VOCs and off gas. And so that you sort of go down a scary rabbit hole of stuff. So you want to look at what the flame retardant is. And then you want to look at the, the foam materials. Now, we, we believe that there are more um, renewable and sustainable um, features to consider. And that's why we use latex um, rather than polyurethane foam. Um, and then um, you need to look at the construction of it. And that matters an awful lot, too, because uh, if you look at all the pretty mattresses that are in a lot of the online ads that you see, it looks like they're a perfect piece of toast. And that's mm -hmm. because everything is basically sprayed on and glued together. Um, whereas we actually tie ours together. It's called tufting. Mm -hmm. um, and, 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 um, and assemble everything with more of a hand-sewn process. So it's really looking at the materials, the constructions, what's in it and what's not. You really, it really does matter. If you consider that you spend a third of your life in bed and it's a product that you're going to be so intimately in contact with, you know, your face will be right next to it, breathing in everything that comes off of it. Um, it only makes sense that of all the things in your house, it's probably one of the most important things to make a considered decision about. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Mark. And I, one thing that I think we often get um, with, there's always going to be this, this tussle with, for consumers between um, price and, um, you know, wanting to have something that's quality and also um, responsible to the environment. And so, you know, I appreciate that you, um, that you think through all, all of these different vectors for consumers. And I think as you were talking about all of the different pieces, uh, one thing that came up to me that I think some of our listeners probably aren't familiar with is, is, is GOTS. So can you explain a little bit more about that certification um, and why it mattered to you and the avocado team to make sure that you were getting that on um, as many pieces as you could? Yeah, well, GOTS is just, first of all, it's a thing, it's a process, it's a third party um, body um, that uh, basically certifies the, um, the ecology and the social responsibility angle of your product, which is something how we've set up our whole business. So they look at um, everything from what goes into the raw materials, how they're grown, the pesticides, and um, any th chemicals that would be used. 
um, all the way through to what is, um, how are the people that uh, create the materials, how are they being treated, how ethical and conscious you are across the board. So it's actually a holistic view. And it takes it from the raw materials all the way through to the difference, um, through the end process. So for example, for ours, GOTS would certify that our raw materials are organic. It would certify at a different level that our factory is organic. And then at the third level, which is the hardest level, it certifies that the finished product is certified organic. So um, uh, with, uh, with the internet and the way, crazy way things are marketed these days, sometimes it's hard to know what to trust, right? Exactly. So there are a few certifications that, uh, you know, you can look them up right on the websites and other things, and they'll tell you, they'll give you the level of confidence that you are, you know, getting what is being marketed. And so GOTS is one of the most significant. They also have a, a different piece to it. It's called GOALS, G-O-L-S. And GOALS is the Global Organic Latex Standard. And since we make a latex hybrid mattress, that's what certifies the latex. Yeah, that's, that's great to know. And I think, um, you know, we have a few different primers on the Brightly.Eco platform that talk about different certifications, but this is always one of our top questions. Um, another one that I saw listed on your site was the Made Safe certification. And I think that seems to really tie into this point that you touched on earlier around um, the toxins and chemicals that we potentially are being exposed to um, in our homes. So I wonder if you could talk a little bit about made safe and, and maybe a little bit more about sort of that, that toxin issue, because I think it's something yeah. that we don't often think about. Yeah, and that's a, it's a really important one. And so we, well, we kind of take a strategy of redundant certifications. We kind of go overboard with it. But for toxicity, we use one, uh, it's to, to pick a different one, it's standard 100 by OECOTEX, and there are four different, four or five different classes of it. But basically it looks for harmful chemicals, and we test each of our materials. So our latex has a OECOTEX certification, our cotton has an OECOTEX certification, and so does our wool. Uh, we also have another certification by Eco Institute, which just certifies the latex. So that what you're basically doing is uh, looking at the components. Now, MadeSafe does something different. They don't look at the individual, they don't certify an individual component because that can get confusing. Because what, um, what you could easily do is a, um, for a product is you could say, well, my, this component, which is a small piece of my end product, has this certification, and therefore the whole product is safe. But that's not necessarily the case. MadeSafe looks at everything holistically, okay? So they take the finished product and they certify it that it has no harmful chemicals in it. They also take it even a little step further and they take to even things that are suspected to be harmful. So um, there are some things that are out there that, um, you know, that haven't, um, you know, that are on the edge of, um, edge of things. Anyway, they rule those out as well. So Made Safe is one of the toughest ones actually right now to get. Um, and so is Made Safe, is it only for mattress companies or it's no, applicable to no, other? No. Made Safe, uh, uh, it's primarily, uh, well, I, I believe it probably started with cosmetics. 
but it, it tends to be with products that you have an intimate relationship with. So it would be, uh, you know, cosmetics, mattresses, bedding, uh, mm -hmm. um, and, and, and things like that. So, um, Got it. They, they've sort of expanded and it, it really meets a, a unique need in the marketplace because like I said, it's so easy to confuse people um, by certifying a tiny little element when in truth, it really has, it's a small relation to the, the finished product. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's a great certification. I've never heard of it before. So, um, yeah, so we want to move on. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, so you can also find all of the avocado mattresses certifications and all of these details on their website. We'll link to it in our show notes. But I want to move uh, to talking a bit about uh, our old mattresses, right? What what should we do uh, with our old mattresses? And again, is it, um, is it um, safe and is it a good idea to buy a used mattress? What are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, that, that kind of goes at two different things. Mm -hmm. You know, you get the best of what you can afford, right? Yeah. If you can't afford a great new mattress, then obviously you get the best that you can. And so, you know, so there's, we always have to sort of be aware of those different things. But generally speaking, you know, most used mattresses, we tend to recommend that you donate. And that also assumes that your mattress is in in a condition that's worthy of being donated. If it's in a unhygienic, a really, you know, you, you kind of get the picture of a, in a spot where it wouldn't recommend being donated, well, then there are other options. But donating is a great first one. There are certain places, um, there's a Bye Bye Mattress, like B-Y-E, ByeByeMattress.com. There's another one, it's uh, Earth911.com. Mm -hmm. And I believe they have, different resources where you can find uh, all sorts of different places to donate a mattress. Uh, we also have in our own network, I think we have about a thousand across the United States that we've identified. So people are always welcome to hit us up on chat and say, hey, is there a place I can donate a mattress near where I live? Um, but uh, that's a good option. If you can't do that, obviously recycling is far better. A mattress is a pretty bad thing, especially some of the uh, polyurethane foam ones just to sort of throw away and put into the into the waste stream so if we can turn the foam into carpeting for carpet pads recycle the steel for the springs there's a lot of different things that can be done um, and there are some different websites that can give guidance on that uh, and there are actually state laws i believe it's in uh, california Connecticut and Rhode Island there are only three states, believe it or not, that require different uh, processes for it, but they actually have some really great resources to tell you how to do things. I mean, I think, you know, for, for us, um, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit in our last episode, but as we do more and more research, it becomes very clear to us that we should all be consuming less um, and trying to reuse what we have. Um, and I think one piece of information I thought was pretty fascinating um, when we were doing some research for this episode, we saw um, a statistic. Now, this was in 2007, so it's a bit old, but they were saying that on average, um, more than 300 old mattresses and box springs arrive every day at local landfills. So it's, it's a huge problem, um, especially if you think about how, um, you know, depending on where you are in, in the States, lots of people have multiple bedrooms, right? So it's not just like you've got one mattress in your home, you probably have a few. Um, and it, it just starts to become, we, I think, as consumers have become a little bit conditioned to thinking of these as disposable things, even though it's so, 
to me, I think of the, if, if you've ever, if you've ever disposed of a mattress, you're going to know what I'm saying. Um, it, yeah. It, you don't, you, hopefully you wouldn't think it's disposable. <laughs> well, but even, even getting it out the door is, should just be a reminder to us all of like, this is not disposable. <laughs> like it takes a few people yeah. to, to pick it up. You have to throw it, you know, depending on what you're doing with it, even if you're getting it um, donated, it's got to be just hauled out to the curb. And so I think one thing that we like to encourage people to do again is yes, find things that are going to last a long time so that you don't necessarily have to be buying more and more. Um, and then to the point of the recycling, I'd be curious, Mark, um, if I'm sure a lot of these older mattresses that were created with materials like you were talking about earlier um, are, are relatively problematic when it comes to actually recycling. But I wondered if you could speak to how the materials that you use in the avocado mattresses, how those might actually be, you know, more easily recyclable, uh, recycled, or they might potentially break down in a landfill faster. Like, how did you guys think about that when you were developing the mattress? Well, yeah, it really comes down to the philosophy. Of if you create a, a product with natural materials in it, um, uh, then you're one of the big drivers is that you're considering the full life cycle of the, of the product, right? You're actually thinking about what does it mean when I'm ready to get rid of this and it enters the waste stream? And it sometimes, it does seem, I guess, maybe a little odd to think of buying something new and you're considering the waste stream. But it is, in a, in a general sense, something that we need to be doing with everything that we buy moving forward. I mean, I just think the whole game has changed and we're all you know, keenly aware of it now. So with a product like ours, you know, our latex, our cotton and our wool, they're, they're organic, which, you know, obviously means that they're natural materials. So they will biodegrade over time. Now, biodegrading, like everything else, means that, you know, it needs to have airflow and other things to properly biodegrade or biodegrade quickly. But, um, but they're, the materials are far, far better um, to enter the natural um, the waste stream in a natural manner than something like a polyurethane foam or things that are sprayed on with adhesives and all sorts of flame retardants and and other things. So um, I mean that is one reason why we uh, why we really uh, uh, focused on these materials. You know, now our bed to be clear is it's called a hybrid mattress. Um, it's a pretty popular term these days. It basically means that we our, our bed mixes uh, natural materials, but it also has springs in it, which are metal. But the metal springs are actually made from recycled steel. Uh, believe it or not, um, they come from cars, generally from old cars. Wow. So the steel can be recycled. The other materials can be, um, some of these can be repurposed and upcycled into other things, depending on where you live. Otherwise, they can at least, you know, they will biodegrade over time and, you know, whatever waste stream that they enter. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, um, the theme that we've also been seeing is sure there's always going to be products that we consume that may not be zero waste eventually, right? There's going to be uh, parts that maybe aren't going to be able to be um, broken down um, in a landfill. So I think when possible, it's great that, um, you know, products are made with recycled um, materials um, that may or may not have, have the ability to break down. Um, and then the last question I had around um, reducing our, our um, overall consumption patterns are 
tips around um, prolonging the life of your mattress? Because I'm sure you guys get lots of questions about that for people who are excited, they buy a new avocado mattress, they probably ask you like, how do I make sure that this stays in great shape for as long as possible? Well, you know, the, with an avocado, like I said, with any product, it's making sure that you're buying a product that's designed to last a long time. Uh, we actually have a 25 year warranty on our product. Um, and so, you know, uh, the mattress industry is sort of pre-conditioned, educated people um, or misinformed people to suggest that you can only get seven or eight years out of a mattress, which is really ridiculous. It really shouldn't be a consumable item. Um, but, um, you know, so with the product, it really comes down to buying a, something in the first place that's meant to last. I mean, you can, of course, rotate a mattress and other things that will help a little bit. Um, but for the most part, it really comes down to the initial choice. That's fascinating. Um, I mean, like I said, I, I had thought that, you know, of course, rotating and things like that are good. But um, so the industry, I guess, is, is feeding us the information that um, it only lasts seven to eight years. Um, how long would you say that an avocado mattress should last? I mean, you should be easily able to get 25 years out of the product. It's not just us saying yeah. that. I mean, of course, our brand may be newer, but, uh, uh, you know, we've since merged with our factory and other things. So we've been actually our company is a pretty significant size now been making mattresses since 1987 with our factory the materials that we use are not new latex has been around for a long long time same with the cotton and other things and mattresses lasting far beyond 25 years is almost the norm for a latex mattress especially for a hybrid so um so we're not making necessarily any bold claims um, yeah I mean, I think, you know, the, the less hassle <laughs> we, we have to, we have to go through as consumers. Like, I think we, of course, we're all super busy. We do spend a lot of our life um, asleep. So it's, it's important to make sure that we're investing in things that are healthy um, and that are going to last a long time. But also I think for us, we hear a lot about convenience here um, on, on Good Together and on, on the Brightly platform. And so Honestly, buying something that lasts a long time also ends up being convenient um, for you in the long run. It might you might have to do a bit more research up front to make sure that you're buying something that lasts a long time. But I think, um, you know, if if I'm going to buy something that's going to last me 25 years, hey, I'm getting some time of my life back um, that would have been spent researching another mattress, getting rid of the old one, etc. So I, I think that's that's really really an, um, an interesting piece right there. I also yeah, it, it does. I was going to say one thing that's kind of related to that is we actually offer a one year trial. Um, and yeah. that's when you're looking at something that's going to be a part of your life for such a long time. I mean, it's a kind of a big commitment. It is. Say that now, of course, our trial is pretty long, but there are a lot of other brands too that have really nice online trials. So it does give you the opportunity to really uh, make sure that you feel comfortable with things. Although I will say to counter that, um, uh, that you shouldn't use those trials as a way to try on mattresses because no, that's counterintuitive that, the, whole, yeah. the whole point. Um, but it does give you a get out of jail free card if you do have a bad situation. But mm -hmm. just thought it's a helpful thing to point out. So do you get a lot of mattresses back? Uh, or And what do you do with them if you do? Yeah, it's interesting. We have one of the lowest return rates from what we can gather based yeah. on what we know about other brands. Mm -hmm. Nobody publishes that. But when you do have 
a large scale, there's still a, a fair number yeah. that you actually do have coming back. And so um, we actually have a sustainability report, which we just published on our website. Right now, we vary between 90 to 100% uh, on a monthly basis of the mattresses that get donated. So, and we tell people right when you buy it that um, uh, if you don't, you know, if this isn't a mattress that you love and you end up returning it, we can come and pick it up, but we're really actively going to push for the idea that we donate it. And uh, we actually have a team of people, we have I think four or five people, that it's really their, um, their job to coordinate these sort of things. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a huge shame if any of these ever got to a landfill. Absolutely. A landfill, I'm not saying it, it never happens, but not, right now it's 90 to 100% of them are donated to nonprofits, charities, there's uh, low income, all sorts of different things. It's really, really quite cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And I also wanted to mention just from the consumer perspective, you know, especially as I remember, like me buying my first mattress ever, it, it's, it's uh, again, it's an investment piece, but uh, good news is that uh, there are services like a firm, I don't want to give them a plug, but you know, you can break down the payments because I know $1,000 or whatever, it, it's a big investment for many of us. So um, with a one-year trial, with a 25-year guarantee, there's really nothing I mean, there is everything, I think you as a brand and um, other brands did as much as they can to kind of make this purchase, mindful purchase as easy as possible for you. Um, so I think it's time for us to move to our last three questions of the episode. Uh, and I'll start with the first one, uh, Mark, for you. Uh, all of them are for you, of course. What are some, uh, maybe one or two actionable practical tips uh, for living more ethically that you, um, you can share with our audience? Well, I, th I think... Uh, I would say to be more of a conscious consumer. Um, if you really consider, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I was raised with the idea that we always had to buy new things and there was the latest gadget and this and that. But I think people are becoming more aware of, of, of buying less, making more um, conscious decisions on what you need and what you don't but also really considering the, um, the, the, the choice of what you make. And I mean, like, um, uh, you, you have to consider who makes it, you know, and you have to consider the impact on the environment, how it enter, what you're going to do with it when you're all done. Um, you know, like when we first started the company, it's interesting is we started looking at things like, well, it's organic, which is great because of what's in it. But, it didn't really occur to us that, you know, in a latex plantation, latex comes from trees, that um, the, the farmers, uh, the children are running around in the, 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 you know, through the trees and that their, their animals are eating the grass. And when you start to consider that, that the choices you make impact the health and the environment of those communities that you may not ever see, I just think it starts to make it more real and make you think about it more. Uh, we try to show an awful lot of imagery and video and everything about that on our site to make it very transparent because I, I, I just think above and beyond even a mattress, I think whether it's a t-shirt, uh, a fashion item or a piece of furniture, we really need to start thinking about these things. Yeah. It can't all be just an Amazon press the button on the side of the fridge. 
Yeah, uh, I think we've mentioned this over a few episodes. Um, you know, ultimately, no matter what things you're buying, I think we all should be aware that there are real people behind even something as simple, not as simple as a mug, uh, your fork, a mattress. You know, we think about it as like in terms of, oh, it's made in a massive factory, but there's still people are operating it. We're not quite in the, you know, in the uh, in the faraway future where all robots are doing it. So you're absolutely right. Just think that there is always a person um behind uh, the product, no matter what product you buy. Absolutely. Laura, you want to ask the second question? Sure. Yeah. So um, the, the second question we have for you, Mark, um, was if you could tell us um, maybe one of your favorite ethical brands or ethical products that you've recently discovered um, and, you know, doesn't have to be related to what we were talking about. Um, our our um, audience always loves to know um, new, new brands and products. Well, you know, I, maybe I'll pick two. Um, one of my favorites, uh, and it's probably of no surprise to anybody, might be Patagonia, or is Patagonia. <laughs> and, and it's just because, you know, Patagonia is, is, is uh, they're a model for, I think, the way we need to be more, in that they're, they're an activist company. They're not afraid to stake their opinion. They're not so worried about the political ramifications of stuff. They live what they believe. They're not perfect, neither are we, but they, they talk about where they're excelling and where they can focus. And you know, so there's, there's such an honesty and transparency to it that I think that they really do sort of um, help move the, um, you know, raise the bar a little bit. Um, and so they're a great standard. You know, um, there's another brand that I like that's smaller, Prana. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, they make sustainable clothing um and you know it has a lot of the same sort of uh issues uh you know the similar sort of way that they position the company and other things around their materials and their story and other things um and um you know they're obviously a lot smaller than patagonia but it's kind of a, another neat example of way of way a, a smaller company can still um pick it up there are a lot of different uh an awful lot of brands, I think, that are sort of joining the sustainable movement. So once you start to be aware of what to look for, you'll find them uh, all over the place now. It's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, the kind of the point of our podcast and in general, one of the things we are most excited about is, you know, these brands, there's more and more brands becoming sustainable and truly ethical. Um, and also we as a community, I think we realize but that we have to be together in it, you know, to really make a difference. So the last question, I, we want to know what's uh, something that you personally are the most excited about in the ethical and sustainable movement right now? You know, I, I think um, recently we went to India to uh, basically um, see some of our, our sheep and our latex factory and our latex farms and other things. And what was most eye-opening for me was the idea that, you know, I guess we were really thinking that we were going over to, you know, meet with the people that help make everything possible and other things. But, but really from, from their angle, we were really change agents. We were really somehow empowering them by giving them more of a predictable livelihood, by valuing the things that they offer, by helping to improve different things in their community. Um, and so you know, we came at it from the idea of a business angle, and we almost left it um, with almost the activist angle. 
you know, and uh, and I guess that's yeah. where I really get the most um, uh, most pleasure from things because I've sold a lot of software, I've sold lots of other consumer goods in my life as a marketing person. But I think what's most exciting now is that we're a, we're a sustainable company and oh yeah, we make mattresses and bedding stuff, you know? And so that's where it becomes really, you know, exciting. Yeah, I think in the end of it, we all realize as a sustainable company, I think in the end, we realize that we are all about the people, right? Whether it's our teams or people, again, on the other end of the world making the product for us. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it, it's all connected. And I think, like we said, that's why this podcast is called Good Together. We all believe that we together we can really create change. Um, but Mark, that that's all we had for you today. Um, we really, really appreciate you um, taking the time to chat with our audience um, about all things mattresses and um you know various certifications and, and etc it was just it was wonderful yeah, it was my pleasure Happy thank to. you mark Thanks for joining us on another episode of Good Together. As always, you can get show notes and explore lots more content related to all things eco-friendly living by checking out brightly.eco slash podcast. And we're now live on YouTube. Just search for Good Together Podcast to get the video recording of this episode and more. While you're visiting, don't forget to join in on the conversation by leaving us a question through voicemail or giving us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, and all of the social channels. Our username is brightly.eco. Finally, we want to leave you with a reminder. Every day is a chance for you to create change, and you're already covered for today since you joined us here on the podcast. Stay kind and live brightly.